the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 72. This is the fourth episode in a series on the book of James. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today we continue our story in the book of James, and we jump right in here, starting in James 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Remember that James is addressing again the church, and apparently a church that is divided, a church that is not aligned, and he says that part of their problem, at least, is coming from their desires. Part of their problem is coming from their desires, which are not on godly things, but they're on the things they want. Now, this doesn't sound to me that different from our day, our age, and unfortunately on some of our churches. There are fights and quarrels because people are focused on what they want. They're focused on what they covet. They're clearly a very worldly in the sense that they're focused on the things that they can get here and there, and they're focused on things probably the same things that their neighbors are focused on. You want it and don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. Now, fortunately, most of the churches that I've been in, while they may have quarrels, haven't yet had somebody killed in a church council meeting. So I don't know whether James is meaning that literally or not, but basically there's a big problem going on here. You want something but don't get it. There's there's an unfulfilled nature in this. And James goes on to say you don't have it because you don't ask God. And even when you do ask, he says, you ask with wrong motives that you, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. This is a church that is not aligned to what God is trying to do. This is a church that is not centered on what God is trying to do. This is a church that is, sadly, pretty normal, but not what God desires from his people. And James goes on harshly and says, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? This is what the scripture says. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, where does James get this idea of you adulterous people? What he's saying is that first paragraph there that is describing a church divided, a church that is not centered on the things that God is centered on, he's saying you have other things that are more important to you than God. Idolatrous people would have worked also, that there are other things that have come between you and God. But he says adulterous in the sense that as the church is the bride of Christ, this church that he is describing, which is, as I say, too close to churches I know, is fooling around elsewhere. So that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. This is getting back towards Jesus. You can't serve two masters. When Jesus talks a lot about money and talks about things like 
you can't serve both God and mammon. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. You can't have money be the most important thing in your life. That's what he says as the things that we want and the things that we're trying to get are more important than the relationships around it, because clearly this is a church that's filled with fights and quarrels, more important than our relationship with God. He says, not only are we putting the world first, but we're being unfaithful to God. Being an enemy of God is the choice of words that James uses. And the other translation of the verse here in verse 5 is that God jealously longs for the spirit that he made to live in us or the spirit he caused to live in us longs jealously. That God is, as we read in Deuteronomy, a jealous God. That God desires and it is appropriate for God to be first in our lives. And then he also says here that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That the faith that God puts in us he desires for us to become a people that is humble. And humble is an interesting word. We sometimes define humble as thinking of myself as having no value. But that is not a biblical definition of humble. A biblical definition of humble is more closely to look at yourself rightly, to not think of yourself too high, but to not think of yourself too low, to be able to see your strengths, but also see your weaknesses, and to not be blinded by ourselves so that we can't see the strengths in others, so that we can't see the value in others. The proud person is so self-centered, so self-focused, that they can't see others, the needs of others, the value in others. The humble person is so grounded that they can see things correctly. James goes on to say, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. There's good news in here, obviously. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's harsher things, or at least harder things, like submit yourselves. Submit is something we don't like to use, to take someone else's will and put it first. Come near to God and he will come near to you is a promise, but there's a call here for repentance, to wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then also a call to be serious about our faith. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Clearly, we're called to joy if we look elsewhere and put the Bible in perspective. Joy is one of the fruits that we should show. But James here is saying to be serious about our faith. Humble ourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And James continues, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? It is not clear that neighbor and brother used in this need to be applied just within the church, but I think especially in the context of this chapter of a church that is so torn asunder, that they should be applied there first. That we can't, for political reasons, for reasons of faith, 
look at each other and sit in judgment on one another. That that isn't our place. We are not the lawgiver and judge. Clearly that is God. That is God's position and not ours. And when we do sit in judgment on one another, we are helping break apart rather than build together. And then James closes with this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. I see two main thoughts in this paragraph. The first one is, our lives and the length of them is unknown. Now, I don't think James is against planning, but he's against planning here that is so confident that we have control of things. He's saying, you don't even know if you'll be around tomorrow. Tomorrow is someone's judgment day. Tomorrow is the last day that someone gets to do this life right or to do it wrong. We don't know if it's ours or someone else's, but someone's life ends tomorrow. And so James is saying, don't be so cocky. Don't be so boastful here. You have your plans and they're wonderful, but you don't even have that much control over your future. So you ought to say, if God wills. Basically, you ought to say, put it in context of God's plans are than my plans. And then I think the second I see in here is this thought of, if you know the good and don't do it, you sin. James is saying there is a sin of omission, too. That it is not just the things that we do, but also the things we fail to do. And I think that's put writers into this paragraph as one thought here in the sense that do our plans take into account God's plans? As we've made our plans here, we're going to go to this city or that city, carry on business and money. Remember, that's the problem that we started this whole chapter with. We're so bent and focused on making money and the things that we get that we're tearing apart the church. We've left out then something good we're supposed to be doing. We're so focused on this making money at the beginning of this chapter. We're still focused here in the end. And so James closes with this thought here. Remember, if you have good you should be doing and you're not doing it, that too is falling short of the mark. That too is sin. And with that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. Please leave a comment on thebiblestudypodcast.com or send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always... Thanks so much for listening. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. 
Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.